They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But the bye, 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 bye. But the bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. Hello, listener. Hello, Jay Raceford. Hello, David Hellard. Hello, listener. We just, we we're just having, we just said, uh, how are you? And uh, the track, Jay, is going down like, man, we've got to get this on. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a gig with uh, my friend Jimmy Leroy last night, where the guy called WH Lung, he's a bit like Hot Chip. Um, WH Lung? Yeah. He sounds like something from the 1920s who's basically come up with some kind of <laughs> snake oil that'll help you breathe better. WH Lung and yeah. his famous potion. Uh, yeah, it sells it sell something like um, chlorine to sniff or something to help you breathe. <laughs> it, it? Yeah. But um, it's apparently they're named after a supermarket in a Chinese supermarket in Manchester. But I, I, I was saying that it was, it was weird because the guy never broke character. He was always in this persona the whole time. And uh, like his videos did you, did on. You wait, did you try chatting with him after the gig? <laughs> that... <laughs> he was at the no, bar. No, no, I was. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know him that well, so I was quite happy to end when it ended because you know when you you're enjoying it and like this is this is uh, you know it's good music. But if you don't know every song, you kind of get to a point like yeah, it's kind of like the last ones. Um, but <laughs> you were then. So we're talking about never breaking persona, which is the point where <laughs> Jody comes in. I said, oh. You've never interviewed WWE wrestlers then. <laughs> <laughs> because when you're interviewing WWE wrestlers, so what I used to do is every, um, every kind of few months, um, different WWE wrestler would come over and I'd have to interview them. And it was really inconsistent in the sense that sometimes they'd always be in character <laughs> and then sometimes they wouldn't. And so you never knew what you were going to get when, you, when, when they turned up. Um, Did you ever meet Paul Bearer? Then was he was he ever there? No, no. Um, Who, was, would we know any of the names? Yeah, Brett Hitman Hart, um, Rick oh. Flair. Um, wow. Big yeah, yeah. So this is old school. Yeah, so this, the older ones are the ones that were all right. You know, they they could, you know, they. I think they were just too old and knackered to, to continue <laughs> the thing. But it's the younger ones who were just you know uh, much more like the edge and. Uh, who else? Carlito, Caribbean, Cool, and all those different ones. So, yeah, they all try to... It's like, it, it, but the thing is, in America, they can get away with it because you go to America and, like, everyone yeah. that goes to WWE things, they, you know, they're all a part of the conceit and, you know, they can act in character and stuff like that. But in Britain, it just doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's just everyone's just a little bit awkward and they're still persistent <laughs> and you're just kind of like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Do why? you want a cup of tea? Yes, I would like a cup of tea. The best cup of tea you have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, um, and, and what kind of questions are you asking? Are you asking some just casual questions at the start of an interview? You know, ask anyone like, oh, how are you doing? How's the flight? Um, are you staying for long? Those kind of things, or yeah, yeah, you do. You kind of you just asking those kind of things. Apart from if it's someone like Big Show who is just massive, you'd be things like, "How did you get in the shower this morning? Like, what? <laughs> how how did you fit in the lift? Like what? You know, like what? 
you're kind of like marvelling at the size of them. Did I? I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not. <laughs> about me nearly getting punched by Ric Flair. Wow, that's very cool. Because, see, it was an interesting thing you were asking about the questions. So, what I'm just going to Google Ric Flair to see what he looks like again. Oh, Ric Flair, Ric Flair, Nature Boy. He's like one of like he's really old school. He's really old. Nature Boy. I didn't know he was Nature, Nature Boy. Ric Flair. Woo! That's who used to do that all the time. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So your story about Rick, he was going to punch you. Well, it's yeah. So this was. So what we do is. Um, so what I was doing is that I was I was part interviewing for the uh, 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 publication that I was working for, and I was also part interviewing for the company that um, brought out the DVD of WWE distributed DVDs, which is why we always went to we went to um, WrestleMania like every year, for like five years or whatever. When I was when I was working there, that's and, Bruce's idea yeah. of heaven. <laughs> and so I do the questions that I need to ask and, and stuff like that, and then I'd have a bunch of questions that the DVD company would want as well. So I'd ask those. And what they would invariably do is that they'd get fans to write in um, questions. <laughs> and so the fans would write in questions. And the, the things that they're all using terminology that I don't know. So I'm really just talking about this kind of thing. And so some of those older wrestlers, they d really don't like the fact that people kind of know that it's fake. Oh, that it's fake, yeah. yeah they like, they really, because they, you know, they think it's, you know, it's kind of a closed shop and... <laughs> They don't no like one's realised. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's like, you know, like, it's like when you kind of like break into the magic circle, like there's probably people yeah. that don't like things like what Penn and Teller have done, you know, that kind of stuff. And it, it's kind of that. And so really tetchy about it. I didn't realise this. And so I asked this question to him, um, to, to Ric Flair, who generally was quite a bitter old man. Um, about, <laughs> kept, I don't know who he thought I was, but he kept going on about what this fucking idiot that his biographer was. Um, you know, and I was like, well, maybe he was looking for a ghostwriter. Maybe he's looking for you to. He didn't find one because I asked him this question: um, Do you prefer being a heel or a face? Which doesn't make any sense if you don't know what that means. But basically, it means do you like being a bad guy or a good guy in in wrestling terms? It was like a front or a bottom, like <laughs> a giver or a receiver, a heel or a face, a heel or a face. Or I see what you mean. So, yeah, okay. And so he's using that terminology, and he fucking, he, he, or he kind of like, you know, he kind of went like this, okay? And he goes, who, told <laughs> that? who asked Did that? he have a flare up? I want to know. He did, like, I, I want to know that question. Because it's not just you're, you're like stepping into his world. It's like you're using the terminology that people who are not in the wrestling world are not supposed to be using. What <laughs> Like he was having it, like having a go, and we got out of the interview. And um, uh, Chin, the um, Chin, Chin, <laughs> Chin uh, Hill face and Chin. No, no, Chin was the the PR, and he goes, <laughs> he was going to hit you, wasn't he? And I was like, yeah, I'm really glad that you were with me because he wasn't, he, he he didn't because you were there. Um, did, but, did yeah. they end up having to drag him off? Or he was just, he was like, enough. He got in a in a kind of real thing, and he was kind of like stat, like you know when it's like someone's like this. Yeah, he, was just, he got so so upset about it. <laughs> He's like, who, who is the idiot? Who is that idiot who told me? What is their name? I'm like, it's some like 13 year old from, <laughs> from Basildon or something. Like, I, I I don't I don't think he's personally having a go at you. Um, but yeah, he got really he got really upset about it, and so um, and and he just it, I I he, I I felt like he was gonna fucking punch me, um, or or do something. But yeah, he was uh, he was he was furious. But um, but other other ones were really good. My 
one of the nicest nicest ones that I met was a guy called Chris Benoit, and he was really really lovely and really yeah. thoughtful and stuff like that. And um, two months later, ended up um, shooting his family and himself. No, I'm just googling him now. Canadian professional wrestler, 22 year career. Wow. Do, do they know why? What, did he have some? Uh, probably, you know, probably the, the huge amount of steroids coursing through their veins. Wow. Like there's a lot of them, a lot of them kind of like, you know, they're wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And then all of a sudden they drop dead. You're like, hmm, why, why, why is that? He shot his wife and family. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, like, was... Really, there's, there's a picture. You're sure it wasn't like part of the plot that suddenly no, no. went wrong. It was a. Uh, some, no. some, some of the plots were sick at that time. But that wasn't that that wasn't one of them. It's got it's a picture. Of, I used to have a picture of him like got me in a headlock, which then became incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> you still got that? I do still have that somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, there's, there's not much that can be said about that specific. I went through wow. I went through a period because uh, this was when Libby and I started going out. I went through a period of um, uh, of. He really died in two thousand and seven, apparently really liking a um a female wrestler called Trish Stratus and it became a bit of a joke Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus and Trish um Stratus. she uh, Libby made me a collage of Trish Stratus um, <laughs> for, for my birthday once out of um cut out body parts from other <laughs> and it's it's the most horrifying I found it the other day actually I was going to it's the most horrifying thing you've ever seen I mean, she's she's no jet from Gladiators. Yeah, but who, come on, who who could ever yeah. match up the jet from Gladiators? Yeah, but um, um so, yeah, that's well, a... I think you need to go and walk down memory lane and bring all these images and post them in the group. <laughs> I think it's maybe, whatever wants maybe. to Yeah, actually, I will. I will. There's 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 a few. The thing is that it used to be really so. Sometimes because when you go to WWE, sometimes they'd have um, they put on um, uh, a wrestler's dinner. And so we'd have dinner and they'd bring in a couple of the wrestlers and stuff like that. And then sometimes some of them would be, again, it was really inconsistent. And they needed to get together and go, are we all going in in character or are we all going in as something different? And sometimes like there was, um, there was one guy called Ray Mysterio um, who was like Mexican wrestler and he'd have, and he's like uh, got his, you know, his wrestling mask on and he'd be wearing it. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, wait, we're having dinner. Like, what are you, you going to eat with that on? Um, is no one allowed to see who he looks like? Yeah, well, you can who see. Who he is? Like it wasn't. Yeah, it's not. It, it's not difficult to like look him up and everything as as people would do. Um, but yeah, it's just in America they just take it very very seriously, very very seriously indeed. Now I've I've got a story that kind of segues from that. I've found someone. There's someone, a Canadian runner, <laughs> who is one of the most two battle runners. He's uh, because the Canadians have been taking their cross country too seriously. He's a, a high school cross country runner who was disqualified for swearing. What? Yeah, what this is swearing. Yeah, but <laughs> this guy is an what absolute. What did he say? Chap. What swear can... word was it? And how was it used? So I'll I'll WhatsApp you it, which may take a few seconds to load up load up WhatsApp. But he um, as he crossed the finish line, he came in second. This guy called Garrett Winter, and I Good think name. he was quite Good pleased. Name. Yeah, oh yeah, Winter's coming. That's what he was saying. <laughs> Winter's coming. And um, as he crossed the finish line, he celebrated by shouting, "Holy fucking shit! Let's go!" 
just as he crossed the finish line, um, which is, I think, brilliant. It's up there with that guy who shouts, who's, in the, who's playing the computer games and shouts his own name and they all get killed. I can't remember who that was, but um, yeah, it's it's just genius to, to watch it happen and to know he got disqualified and come second, which is quite a good result, really. For... So was he disqualified immediately or did they have to, did they have to wait? So um, the governing body, he was disqualified, has caused a stir online. But so <laughs> I'm not sure if it is instant, but they said they it was an unacceptable conduct by a competitor failing to follow the, and meet rules and directions of a meet official, or using profanity that is or isn't directed at someone will result in disqualification from the event. So um, I, I mean, I think it was totally worth it. He'd run a 22-second personal best, 15.27. He's given a public statement that, oh, my word, I've not actually read all of this article. He's, given a couple... he's, not, he's not Canadian. Is he not? No, he's Michigan, Michigan High School Cross Country. Oh, weird. Oh, it's because I'm reading Canadian running. Um, so, yeah, but actually that makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot more sense that it's American because, you know, yeah, you, can shoot someone in, you can shoot up a high school, but you're not allowed to uh, not allowed to swear while doing it. Stop fucking shooting. Easy now. Easy <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> He's given a long public statement. It's too, it's too. Uh... Oh, wait a minute. Is, there, is this the actual video of it happening? Yeah. Oh, wait it's... a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're going to watch this. <laughs> he says... Everything had been building up to this moment in my senior year of high school. Oh no, what a shame! He said it's the it's the day's been. <laughs> <laughs> it's really loud. He's really like he's really embracing that swearing. Well, the other thing is, this was probably broadcast live as well. Oh, it could have been actually. It's yeah, broadcast live because America they 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 embrace kind of all the live coverage as well, don't they? On um. Yeah, yeah, it says M Live, so he was live. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend! The thing is, you know, that's just pure emotion. He's like, he's yeah. not doing it to 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 gain attention. That's just pure emotion that he's that he's achieved that. Yeah, and and it's it's the same actually. It sounds like this is a really big race for them, and actually this was the pinnacle of their season. And he's uh, and he yeah he's, he goes along to say along those lines that. For him, it was just he didn't believe he'd be able to run that quickly. Like it was a result he just couldn't expect it, and um, and he says, "I'm proud of the race I ran. I'm proud of the dedication, hard work, and commitment I've displayed in my high school career. Proud of the person I am does not change any of that. I'm sorry that I put the race officials in the position to have to make this call. I mean, oh, he the race he officials they absolutely love this. They're loving this opportunity to." Show how important they are. He should have gone, oh, and to the officials, fuck you guys! <laughs> <laughs> Suck a dick, that. officials. He should have got that in the statement. Thank you, Marshall. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Marshall. Unacceptable. <laughs> Thank you, Marshall. <laughs> Thank you. Unacceptable conduct by competitor, failing to follow the meat rules and directions of a meat official, or using profanity that is or isn't directed at someone. Yeah. Yeah. He says, this is not the end of my cross-country career. This is just the end of my high school chapter. I hope, I hope he goes on now that it becomes almost like a good luck charm that he has to have <laughs> his profanities at the finish line of, of every finish line. 
I, the thing is, I'd love, I'd love us for us to take up this thing as well. But the problem <laughs> is, it's always, it's never. There's always children around. There's always, you know, it, yeah. it's one of those things. Even, even fuck you, buddy, is is a tricky one at times, especially if you've yeah. got like, popular marathons. It's it's better when you've got ultras and there's there's fewer people there. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. But we salute you, sir. We think you're an absolute hero, even if no one else does. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? Can you believe it? No, I'm gonna. I'm trying to look back on some of the stuff that we may have missed because there's been quite a, a few bits of news that I thought were of particular interest. Yeah. To, um, yeah. I mean, the did you see London Marathon cheats? No. So these are. I mean, this is how how my notes, how late my notes are. Um, so firstly, there's a really interesting article about Cisse Lima, who won the London Marathon. Yeah. And did you hear the story about his uh, $25,000 wave? Um, we talked something about it. I don't know if that was it. Yeah. So he, in essence, he he was winning. He did an amazing time. He then ran in the last few hundred meters, just had, you know, taking it all in, waving to the crowd, celebrating. Because of that, he didn't break a sub 204, which would have got him $25,000 extra. Ooh, was that worth it? Yes. Yeah, okay, okay, that's yes, good. Right. That's good. But we've got some marathon cheats, and we we, we always love marathon cheats, yeah. Oh, and the thing big. is, I'm going to cheat. Cheat badly or cheat big? It's, you know, one or the other. Don't, like, a, a sneaky cheat... Of you know, oh, I've I've knocked off half an hour of a time that's you know, so I've got four and a half hours marathon. Yeah, you like that's that is a shit cheat. Like, really, really good cheat. Are these good cheats or are these shit cheats? Now this is what I think. This is not perfectly acceptable because I get in trouble, but I think it's fine. Um, but because it's the Daily Mail, and the fact that these cheats are, um, I believe Eastern European. I think. Maybe oh, is why. Okay, there's an edge to it. There's an there edge, is an edge to, to it. There's a Daily Mail. Yeah. Coming over here, cheating in our races. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but they've they've taken them apart as if as if you know they are really horrifically evil. Um, so they wanted to run together. One of them had a place. They both ran with the same place. And I know there's there's all the arguments of. You're putting a strain on the course, you know, if people didn't get those places, um, they haven't paid for the extra resource, insurance, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, yeah, they they just reproduced the, the, the number. He said he, he ran it with his wife for moral support. Um, and I I think not, it's not a great thing for everyone to be doing, but there's not really any harm in it at all, is there? Didn't they reproduce the same number though? Yeah, they use the same number, so they and then they... ran next to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. mean, that's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, you got, isn't it? I, you know, that, that that really is stupid. You know, at least try and change the number, like, because you think how many photographers are on the course and how easy that's going to be to pick up, especially when yeah. you've got that marathon investigation Derek looking at everything. I mean, Derek didn't have to do any work there. Didn't <laughs> work You've got to make Derek at least get a spreadsheet out of some kind. Check unless, CCTV footage or something like that. Yeah, unless they are identical twin and you could somehow pretend 
but even that would be tricky. But the um, the Mail Online, they uh, oh, excuse me, can you sneeze? Bless you. The fighting back the tears she sobbed to Mail Online. So they've clearly they've clearly phoned them up and just absolutely scared the shit out of them. They then have to break down and cry about it. A London Marathon spokesperson confirmed, we are aware of the images. We take any incident where a participant cheats or forges numbers extremely seriously. What's extremely Make... seriously? <laughs> they banned from the other marathon majors or something, is that it? Or you're not allowed to run Tokyo now? Yeah, I mean, they, I, I guess, they, yeah, something along those lines, wouldn't it? They didn't actually say. And um, they'd uploaded it to Strava and one furious Twitter user wrote, suddenly got awfully shy on Strava when I mentioned this photo and all the others suggested she hand back her medal and then another I had nine rejections in nine years this kind of thing is incredibly frustrating why it doesn't change your position in any way yeah, I know, did it? I know. It didn't take your place so I know. Like, yeah so I think yeah, one you're an idiot. Should... you should have just photocopied it uh... <laughs> Yeah, the number and you'd have got in. You wouldn't have to wait nine years. Yeah, but the That's trouble not, is now we're not condoning photocopying. <laughs> we're not condoning doing that. But but it's so true, isn't it? It's like this. The thing is, what really annoys me about journalism now yeah. is that they find uh, like someone on Twitter and then they put that quote in as though it's representative of the thoughts yeah. of a lot of people. Whereas you know, I think every time they quote a Twitter user, they should put how many followers and stuff that Twitter user has. So we know how much real influence on how, you know, if, if they've got 200, you see, you see these things all the time. They're quoting Twitter users. Yeah. You know, they're, just trying to, they're going through Twitter, trying to find a comment that fits in with the narrative that they want. And they'll find one because there's always some idiot. Or if not, they'll probably just get someone to post it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just do it from a, from a mail online sub-editor <laughs> tweeted, this is outrageous. This is exactly what we need from a quote on Twitter. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, following up on other things, Mary Kane's suing, um, you know, friend of the podcast, she's suing for 20 million. Yes! Now that's a good amount to sue for. Only in, a, only in America, only in America do you have those numbers. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sue you for 50,000, I'm going to sue you for 20 million. <laughs> it's a good starting negotiation point, isn't it? Well, that's the thing, because you could, like, if we if we were to sue, we'd have to justify it, which is why we'd sue for 50,000, because we'd be like, lifetime earnings yeah. um, plus 10%. Whereas, in theory, someone like Mary could argue that she was destined to be the greatest runner of her generation. Yeah. And that she would have potentially won several golds at the Olympics, sponsorship deals, blah, 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 blah. And... Um, yeah, I, in fact, it's not been in the news since she started to sue. I read, so and she's suing Nike. Nike, yeah. Nike. So against Nike and former coach um, for uh, over alleged abuse. It's the two of them together. Um, and knowing Nike, well, it's, it's interesting because they've always stood by Salazar and Salazar's appeal was thrown out. So he's still banned. Um, they've always stood by him, and in some ways they have to now because they've they've dug their heels. And I, I think they genuinely believe that what he's done is just how coaching works to a certain extent. Um, so 
I don't think they can publicly. They can't probably go to, go to court because this is going to be like that would be too damaging. So I think you could. I think we could see a non-disclosure agreement happening here. Settlement. Yeah, a settlement that we don't even hear about. Yeah. And why not go for the Nike? They're worth billions, and you you know the damage you can do is going to be worth more than twenty million, which it would do. It really would do. Why not get yourself a crazy? In fact, we need to be. We need to be hanging out with Mary quite a lot because <laughs> she's going to have one hell of a wild night pretty soon. We want to be there when she's like, free champagne, everyone. <laughs> Can't say why. Can't say why, but I'm wearing Adidas. Whoop, whoop. Let's just, yeah, if you if you know anyone that's suing Nike, please let us know because we need to make, we need to get on the podcast, become pals with them. Yeah, that's, that'd be great. Yeah, and, um, <clears throat> you wonder whether whether they'd end up with a settlement of like twenty million pounds worth of kits. No. Yeah, she's um, it, it's 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 really gone on the the personal side of things. So, so um, wait a minute. Was... So uh, you're saying it's not being covered? So like a runner's world not covering it and all of the vested interests not covering it because well, it's um, like um, well, as in since since the initial story came out, which. I'm not sure if it was in Runner's World, actually. It was in The Guardian. It was in Youth Sports, various other things. But it's this This hasn't been mentioned again since. So I'm I'm not averse enough with American legal um, processes to understand whether it's likely that this would drag through the newspapers a little bit or if there'd be a court date. I don't know how stuff like this works or whether this is just they send her, they, she sends them a letter. And then they go, then give her a check. And which, I, but any legal experts, American legal ex, experts out there, let us know what would actually happen. What happens with this when Mary gives or her lawyers do Nike and Salazar? What are the next steps? What can we expect to see any more information about this? Yeah, um, it is in Runner's World. It is like Runner's World. It's in the Daily Mail as well. Daily Mail love that kind of story. Or suing someone. Yeah, because they like to take the righteous side, even though <laughs> yeah. they've probably been hacking their phones and, <laughs> and, and were chipping like, yeah, hypocrisy. you are fat. Salazar's hypocrisy. right, you are fat. It's built on a tissue of hypocrisy and lies. It is, it is. But yeah, I mean, she, she's really going after the, the personal side of thing and the bullying side of thing about how... He criticised her for her weight. Um, he told her she was fat and her breasts and bottom were too big. Um, so it's going into that side of the kind of, I guess, the mental abuse. Um, I mean, I wonder if I wonder if other people are going to join this, or whether other people are going to um, jump on this as well, um, because you know it can open up a whole a whole world of of uh, lawsuits, um, and they do they do love that kind of snowball effect, don't class they? Class action. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Not necessarily class action, um, but certainly, you know, paving the way for other other people to uh, to kind of come out and you know take take it because you know this that has huge implications on the um, the impact of brands and brands needing to do a bit better safeguarding of you know because I think mm. like you said you know they're. Nike, of course, try and say maintain this kind of distance, but you know, fundamentally, it's your brand, and yeah. you know, 
it, it's like that situation with um with our uh, with our friend who uh, travelled across the US in his uh, in his camper van, um you know and the the you know his brand basically did an investigation and found that you know he it, it was very dubious that he achieved what he did and, and and kind of separated from them yeah and so you know there's no there's no kind of hiding now behind saying you know well you know we just we're just the sponsors because they're so closely intertwined with it so they are being held responsible so you know cutting down on this and making sure that they are um that there's adhering to a higher duty of care is going to be the upshot of this, especially when you, there's a possibility of being hit with a tech 20 million lawsuit and 20 million. No, yeah, it's small change for, for, for Nike, um, particularly after the pandemic, but the damage reputational damage is yeah. where it is, where it, it is really going to hit. But the, and, and kind of and linking in on that. So Salazar, he was, he had appealed and this was, this was a few, a few months back as well, but he's um, the, he, appealed against his ban and we spoke to Paul um, and we spoke to the director Paul about the, his his documentary series Salazar and actually none of the findings were showing anything where he'd actually cheated it was more to do with there was they just decided to go for him um, based on the fact that it was looking grey area um, but the like in in the report, they said the panel noted they were struck by the amount of care Alberto took to ensure he was complying with the and the world anti-doping code. And it almost insinuates that he he actually was so aware of the code that everything he did was to ensure he was just under and kind of it, it was almost like a little dig. But he was he was suspended by two different governing bodies. Um, and in July, um, that suspension was upgraded to permanent ineligibility for sexual misconduct and emotional misconduct. So the, his, his actual, he was going to be banned, I think, till 2023, but that has now been upgraded to permanent eligibility because of these allegations by Mary Kane. So actually, you know, these are these are pretty end of career for Salazar as a coach unless yeah what do you, if you're not allowed to coach what do you do like what is because you know the thing is that normally um as an athlete a former athlete you'd either become a coach or you become a commentator now obviously he's not going to become yeah. a commentator or something like that he's not going to be a coach so what how do you use your skill set what do you what do you what does what do people do if you're a disgraced coach or a disgraced athlete what do you do next well, you can you can probably still coach, but just not at a high level. So you you probably you're probably you're not allowed to coach athletes under the. So you're going to the high school. You're going kids. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got, before you go out, I've got some I've got some uh, needles and. Uh... He wants he wants cut price yeah cut price okay <laughs> yeah well and although maybe you could given because if you look at things like the Tour de France, there's there's so many individuals who are fairly shady still involved or if you look at some of the coaches what do you mean who, the uh, is completely clean <laughs> it's completely some, clean now or some of the kind of coaching out in africa uh where you know mo, mo far is associated with some pretty um dubious characters should we say in his coaching and you, you you just wouldn't be sanctioned and you'd be associating with people but not as their official coach you mean like so so possibly you'd be coaching for the dark web olympics i mean that would be pretty cool wouldn't it 
<laughs> yeah, that would be good. Criminals. Yeah. Criminals competing against each other in a sporting event where you've got all like disgraced criminals, disgraced coaches just doing whatever they want. I it, it that's almost a plot. That's a plot to a to a movie. <laughs> Possibly with Hugh Jackman as the as the as the main character, framed but forced to compete for to to rescue someone. They, I'm writing this now. I think we pitch it. I think we pitch it. <laughs> now I've you know when you you get notifications of different listings of of companies or of podcasts. <laughs> One popped up the other day in this business directory. So Bad Boy Running is now in um, a business directory. Why? It's the, I'm, it's, I'm not sure it says we've, so this is, this, is, this is something I took a while back, so I, don't, I can't even remember where it's from. It said, we've listed, recently listed the Bad Boy Running story um, on our directory for free. This is an excerpt from the listing. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Obi-Wan Kenobi, A New Hope, we never expected it to turn out like this. What the hell? All I can figure is this is some kind of weird AI-generated content to describe a bad boy running story. Do you know what? That sounds... That is, that's part of my book. Is it? Yeah. Your book? Yeah. That I've, I've read. How, is that, I've read. how is that got online? Um... That's a good question. Has what? has it been leaked? Sorry, has my book been leaked? Oh my God, that's there. So, why is that part of your book? <laughs> because it's it's a it's a quote from Star Wars, isn't it? And I'm just talking about like the community. So. <laughs> oh right. Oh yeah. I guess I don't know Star Wars that well. Um. Yeah. So that is now out there for uh, anyone who wants to. Discover more about Bad Boy Running. Um, actually, not as interesting as I'd hoped. Uh, when's your book coming out? Oh, wait a minute! No way. This is taken. This is taken from our from our website. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's from the about page on our website. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, there we go. Oh, I thought all of a sudden like, my book's being leaked. Oh, I want to talk. Uh, we could talk separate about my book, but um, I'm doing something really special with my book, and I do need do Badder's help for it because I. My release strategy for this, well, already the publishers said this is the fucking stupidest thing that they've ever heard. Um, but I, I, I'm going to do this because I think it's a great idea and it makes a funny story, even though it's going to absolutely ruin sales of the book. Um, and basically, I want to be Christmas number one. <laughs> With your book? With my book. In the oh, one. I'm going to be asking people to buy my book on Christmas fucking day, which, to be fair, like no one else is going to be doing that. And actually, say the number of sales yeah. made of stuff on Christmas Day has been rising massively. People get bored really fucking quickly on, on Christmas Day. I guess you don't you don't get book vouchers anymore, do you? Do you get book no. tokens? No. Well, it just yeah, you don't. The thing is, it's if you're if you're releasing it on Kindle. It doesn't matter when you release it, but particularly on Christmas Day, that is the that is the key. So I'm going to release I'm going to release the uh, the Kindle edition on on Christmas Day, and I need the do badders to to help me make be Christmas number one because I want to, and, to say afterwards I was Christmas number one. 
Yeah. And have you got a cheesy album cover type front of book? I'm just absolutely, to... I'm absolutely doing that because the, that's, that's, that's part, that's going to be part of the marketing campaign and everyone will see that. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I want to, I want to rope some, some do badders into, into being part of the campaign as well. Um, and maybe open it, opening a, a few copies on Christmas Day. Um, and will it be things like a shit books, not just for Christmas Day, like phrases <laughs> like that in your marketing? That's quite good. <laughs> That's quite good. That's quite good. I like that. Yeah. So more ideas like that. Love it, and I'd love to hear it. And thing is, if it all goes horrifically wrong, I'll just shove it in a in the in the um, what's it called section of um, Amazon like the category of quantum physics or something. It only requires my family to buy it in order for me to hit number one. That's how, that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> now, um, so we, so we need to talk about the book more, but should we do that nearer the time in the build up? So, so this is the first teaser. Yes, we're exactly. Already... No, I think, I, I, I think we could do a whole episode on it. Oh, a God. Whole episode <laughs> oh, God. On the book. Because the thing is, you're not going to read the book, are you? Uh, no. If you do an audio book, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've, I've got my different release strategy, and um, the audio book is gonna is gonna come out on Blue Monday um, in January. Who can we? Um, who can, who's gonna do the audio for that? Can we choose? Can we get well, a yeah. vote, a listener vote? <laughs> could it Lee, be, could it be Rick Flair? Lee Stuart Evans will do that. Could you imagine? Lee, I think Lee would be good at an audio. He's very got a good voice for, for an audio. Yeah. He would be good actually but he'd like i think he'd do lots of asides with it you know he'd add like little sort of like flourishes to the because i like that in audiobooks if you ever listen to the um if you've ever read um oh what's his name goggins um yeah book, the audiobook is very very is much richer in content than the um than the written book because they do a it's someone else reads in his voice um and then at the end of each chapter has a conversation with Goggins about that chapter. So the audiobook is really good, really, really good. Um, and so, is yeah. Joe Pasquale? Joe Pasquale! <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> what I should get is I should get um, Toby, is it Toby Kebble? Like all the different, all the different um, voices that we've been accused of being should do a different chapter. So we should have a yeah. chapter with basically Beavis and Butthead. We should Beavis have a and Butthead, yeah. There's just, yeah. We, Anyone know. posh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm happy to be one of those posh boys if you want, JD, to read a chapter. <laughs> I'm happy to be one of those posh boys. I bet that's <laughs> not the first time you've uttered those words. <laughs> In your posh boy On a cold, lonely night. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, have you seen so there was you know we love when um we love stories of awkwardness linked to racist people being um shown up or caught out or just socially awkward situations on those lines have you seen jim davidson recently uh not recently no uh, where where can you see jim davidson where is he does he have his own youtube channel surely that's the only place left for him probably so there was a for, for the, the listener, worldwide listener, who doesn't necessarily know British TV, Jim Davidson was a 90s television he, presenter. Oh, no, it was, it was Maybe. 70s, wasn't he? It, he really, like 70s and early 80s, and it was it was really... Um, really? Not Jim Bowen? No, 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 Jim Davidson. Jim Davidson, where, 
I remember that really awful. Um, oh, thing is, I don't even want to say that. Say what it is because it's 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 so Hot racist. Black. Oh no! Okay. Hot luck. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he did? It's pot Black. Pot was Black. Called, was it called Pot Black or Pot Luck? It's pot, called Pot Black, wasn't it? So there was a snooker television show. I mean, I on mean, mainstream that, TV, Saturday night. Yeah, you'd, you'd ask questions and then people would come along and play snooker to I win you. It was it was like Bullseye, wasn't it? I suppose, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But that was that's when that's when we only had like four TV channels. Um, yeah. And so you know. Which would suggest it shouldn't have been on then. Like, if you've got a thousand, then. But he's he's been out of the public eye for quite some time. I can't remember whether he had a, a controversy or if he just wasn't rebooked because he's quite old school. Um, and well, what, ha- what what happens is that he went he every now and then he'd get he, he would get banned from doing like um, stand up um, gigs in various places and end up playing in places like Worthing, and then. He'd get invited on stuff, and then he would do something controversial on that that kind of showed up what his views were like. So I think the last time he got, he was doing like Hell's Kitchen um, mm. with Marco Pierre White, and Brian Dowling was doing it, and he was just it had a really awful run in with him. Oh, he's quite homophobic, was he? Yeah, yeah, he was pretty homophobic on it, and so and that that's like the I I think that's really where it kind of. <laughs> It, you know the uh it was kind of seen by the most amount of people as to you know what what his actual views were so th- there was a show on um and i watched it on gogglebox rather than the actual show itself but ashley banjo who i think is brilliant um his dance troupe diversity during britain's got talent to address the uh george floyd situation and black lives matter they did a a dance like a well i mean they're not really dancers they're like next level dancing kind of street dance um to to give their views on it to do with police uh police brutality so then the the backlash of that was he was then making a program to address all this backlash that he'd said he'd, he'd felt because the like the twitter sphere and, and, and various other people have just massively attacked him and he, he hadn't realized quite how much anger there was and how controversial a topic it was so the one person who spoke out publicly about it though was jim davison who had created a video where um he was you know saying the usual things like you know there's you can't there's no white families on tv anymore everyone's multicultural all this you know um and and speaking in a way that i think he genuinely believes is just being honest about the situation just saying actually. it like it is mate just, just saying, saying it like yeah. it is and just i'm just saying saying what everyone else is too scared to say yeah what everyone else is thinking like, no it should be dry it should be like no i don't know i was gonna say something really bad then but um... so uh, but yeah so, so um ashley then has an interview with jim which um you you get this sense there's there's still this resentment from jim that he's not on television what it comes down to really oh absolutely but, it's all ego driven it is and yeah know, the fact that he's got it is because you know the country is going in the wrong direction and that's why he's not on tv as well yeah and so he they're having this interview and ashley banjo who i you know my view on him previously has been he seems like a nice guy he's a very good dancer he's a very good looking bloke um good name good name good name good, good name. name that's always 
but I hadn't really seen him as being a you know hardcore investigative journalist. But he 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 just he he doesn't pull any punches. He's like, why do you say this? That's racist. And he's like, well. You know, but I say, but you would say that, but that's what someone racist says because of it. And like, just really attacks him, and then uh, so it's it's quite uncomfortable viewing, but quite delicious. And then Jim calls him George, and clearly <laughs> thinks that he's George Floyd somehow. <laughs> At which point, um, Ashley then's like, "What?" And Jim's like. Uh, he realizes what he's done, and he's and the the whole connotation of just the confusing the names and all that, and he's like, well, you've won now, you've won, you've done it, you've won. So he then he then storms out to leave because he realizes he's just made a complete fool of himself. And Ashley's there, following down the stairs, trying to say, come on, Jim, come back and talk, Let, let's discuss this. And I think to be fair to Ashley, he actually wants to address all of the points to actually explain it. From his point of view, with the hope that anyone watching it who's on Jim's side would would would, would understand, um, and then Jim's like, "No, no, I'm going. You've you've won. You've got me now. You know, mainly look like a fool." And then he's like, and he goes through the door and he's like, "Jim, Jim, um, that's that's the cupboard." Has <laughs> 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 to come back and and it's just one of those moments of like, oh my god, you just it's 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 very petty of me. And you you long for racist people to be humiliated on television and to put in their place, but to to to, to had it happened in such a a stupid way where it oh my word just amazing. So I thought I had to bring that up as something just delightful to watch. I don't know what uh, it is about um like kind of like right wing commentators and right they just put themselves in really bad situations. I don't know. Did you just on that on that same like people making themselves look stupid? Did you see that interview with? Um, I think it was someone, I can't remember if it was on LBC or, or somewhere else. Um, I don't think it was LBC, but it was a, a kind of right-wing commentator who had a member of um, Insulate Britain on. And, <laughs> and there was all, he was a carpenter. And he was saying to you saw this, did you? And he was saying to him, oh, oh, what do you do? You know, trying to make out that he's he got no job. And he says, oh, I'm a carpenter. And then he, and he goes down the ridiculous route of going, oh, so you cut down trees. So you kill trees, do you? And he's like, well, trees are completely sustainable, so they'll grow back. Um, and he's like, how, how are they sustainable? Um, well, they, yeah, they grow back. Um, but but so, so is concrete. Like, no, you can't grow concrete. <laughs> And then he goes, yes, you can. And then he just doesn't know what to do after that. He just goes, uh, uh, I don't want to speak to you anymore. Like, toddler, I don't want to speak to you anymore. And then just hangs hangs up on him. You'd like, and then it just, of course, goes viral. It's, it's like, just the weirdest. Like, it, it's just such a bizarre. It, it, it happens all the time when you when you when you're vegan and stuff like that. They go, oh, oh. Oh, but you know, did, when you drove here, did you run over an ant? Oh, oh, I've got you, I've got you. There, it's yeah. Like, it's like it seems to be much easier to do that gotcha moment um, when the right winger is on the receiving end of it. But when right, like people who are right wing um, and and bigoted try and do it to other people, it fucking fails miserably. <laughs> It just, it, it's the kind of stuff that turns into into something vital because it's just so embarrassing. But it's weird, isn't it, how we're all hypocrites because it's impossible to actually, you know, have have piety in everything. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. And and yet, it, it, for some reason, the way to win an argument is to show someone's a hypocrite, which 
which doesn't make any sense given the reality of life. And um, but yeah, it, it does seem to be right. If I can show that you have a gas car and yet you're doing this, then I win. You know, but it doesn't change the fact the planet's dying. Or yeah, it doesn't it's, change never, the fact it's, that... never, it's never actually attacking the argument. It's never like oh, yeah. the argument. It's it's trying to prove that somehow you are morally failing. Yeah, uh, which uh, and that's the, that's just the state of the conversation at the moment. Like like you say, it's impossible to be consistent because and it's possible and, and you know you can throw so many arguments in. They go, oh, you know, um, you know, you are you know, you want to save uh, you want to save the trees and everything, but um, but you know, um, what about all the kids dying in Syria? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, what's that going to go? <laughs> okay. Oh, you know, you don't seem to care about that. You stay you stay <laughs> remarkably silent on that issue. You're like, what? Like. You know, it's just it's, you're trying to expand it. You're trying to put other things into it in order to, to discredit them and discredit their character, um, rather than sticking with the argument. Which I do, I do find that difficult. Like when the, we talk about Ashley Banjo thing, when I think as soon as you call someone a racist, it makes it very, very difficult to unpack the argument because then the other person will. I mean, Jim Davidson's think differently. I, I think he likes being called a racist so he can fight back against it. I think as soon as you call someone a racist in a, in another situation, it closes the conversation down. Like it's much better, I think, to keep the conversation going and allow them to show their kind of racism and and how it's playing out without without mm. putting that label on them. Yeah, I think it's always better to ask questions back to then say, "Oh, why is that? Well, why do you think that?" Yeah, exactly. And exactly. why is that? So that they, they they do the work for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, it's nice to see. Nice to see uh, someone doing public service there. <laughs> now I've, I've got some. We love irresponsible journalism. <laughs> we we are irresponsible journalists ourselves in in previous life. <laughs> now um, this I feel is one of the most irresponsible I've I've ever seen in actually in in the impact it could have without intent intentionally. So have you seen? There's been a, an article going around that's. Uh, Eluid Kipchoge's diet and eat like a champion guide. Right. So someone has has written, has, has looked at what he eats typically and, and outlined it, which in itself is, you know, is interesting. And, and, and in many ways, what it shows isn't, it's kind of as you'd expect, you know, he has a, a very localized, yeah. um, diet that consists mainly of of kind of leafy vegetables and carbohydrates um but the and apparently he drinks a lot of sweet tea with plenty of milk um now this is the part it doesn't actually explain where it's got this information from like how they've analyzed all of this but then one part which is whole subsection is how many calories does Kipchoge eat? Now, I know enough about SEO and, and website structure to know this has been written in this way so that it shows up when you Google as one of the Google drop downs. Yeah. So it says it appears as if on an average day, Kipchoge eats fewer calories than one might think, somewhere around 2,300 calories a day seems to be the average number on a non-race day. Now, that's impossible. Just impossible. 
that Kipchoge eats less than the average male needs, while on average he is running 20 miles a day in his training. And so this article will be read by people who will Google how much does Kipchoge eat, um, people who are actually trying to replicate his training. And um, yeah, it says, it says, while that might not seem like a lot, they, uh, they have to take in quite a bit when eating real foods. You know, like, I, the, the implication is that because it's different types of foods to what we have, that the calories almost go further. Yeah. But um, the, I, I, I can't, be, well, I just can't believe anyone's put that out and genuinely believes that that's even physically possible for someone to exist, given this that is, he's been. I mean, this is this entire, when we look at this article, I mean, it's entirely created for SEO because yeah, each of the subsections is no more than a couple of you know, couple you know, a couple of hundred words. There's no there's no detail in it at all, and it's a lot of it seems like or it appears to be without actually it saying anything. Yeah, this, and it even says should you be following his diet, um, and like no, you should not be following this. It's absolutely ridiculous. And if you think about, if you, especially when you, if you combine journalism like this with the history of, of kind of female, female coaches and Mary Kane's situation where you do have a lot of athletes who, and you know, in the Golden Child, there's some athletes who I genuinely quite worried about their weight because they know that the shortcut, the short-term speed is dropping weight you know, long-term injury as well. But, and so if you combine like articles like this, where someone's trying to figure out how they should be training and eating, and then you suddenly find out the best person on earth, supposedly, and I would say that Kipchoge probably eats about 4,000 calories a day, maybe more potentially. Yeah. And so you've got a 2,000 I mean, calorie. Even what they're saying, like, you know, that, oh, because of the types of food. I mean, if you're eating potatoes and bread and rice, then, you know, you're going to be getting you're going to be getting plenty of carbohydrates that are going to make, you know, they're going to add up in terms of calories. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. it's the whole the whole the whole article is a big piece of shit to people. You know, if we're if we're being honest, it's 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 one of those things where there's a lot of words. There's not actually that many words, but the words that there are. A pretty pointless um yeah it's just you know but it comes up pretty high in that when you type i do, I do find it weird like you always see, like things like men's uh, health and stuff they rely on those kind of things for going you know this is every time a film comes out oh this is the you know um the chris hemsworth diet this is how he got shredded for for thor or this is you know yeah what, the superman diet and kind of you know they talk about they, actually they very rarely talk about what the diet is they'll They'll, they'll talk very, very generally, but always talk about the workout. And the, the difficulty with this is that, you know, in terms of um, like weight, yeah, what's it called, strength and muscle and things like that, there are certain things that, you know, you always need. You always need a higher intake of protein. You always, you know, there's, it, it, it's never, you're never going to be eating stuff that's going to make a, a, an impact on, on, your, on your health um, in the same way that if you get the, the, the diet wrong in running, is going to, have a serious impact 
on your yeah. health and on the potential for injury. And so things like stress fractures, you know, you don't see them they, coming. If we're, if we're honest, they shouldn't be fucking touching um, what other people's diets are without a massive fucking health warning um, that comes yeah. with it. You know, because it is entirely irresponsible um, without without being doing it. And these are just being used as, oh, I mean, this is just a, a sort of a piece of that shitty clickbait, isn't it? Well, it, and the trouble is that it's so this is for, we call you out, Pam Berg. If anyone knows Pam Berg, get her to take this article down now. Well, it's not going to be Pam Berg's fault, isn't it? She'll have been commissioned by someone to... But even so, like, you, you, you should not be writing about, um, like, Eva Hamburg is one of the most, like, unknowledgeable people about diet to genuinely think that he will be eating that those few calories or they are intentionally just think they, they're knowledge, like, with knowledge saying, well, I know this is rubbish, but I'm just going to write tiny amounts of calories. So run a click. There are what are they even? They're a community. Um, if anyone, just avoid them. They're the new real buzz. <laughs> They're the new real buzz. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone knows someone involved in that organisation, please get them to remove that article. Um, it's just classic. How do we get people? How do we use Kipchoge's name to make money for ourselves? Um, and doing it at the cost of people's health. Horrific. Now, um, one thing that I, that I mentioned last time was UTMB. Have you seen about this? No. Oh, so I've got some UTMB. I'll, I'll split this into two weeks. But the first one is that they have taken over um, Western states. Have they? Yeah, which, so last week, um, Sam from uh, Ultra X sent me a list of the new races that they're building up. And um, in fact, it's not loading my image properly. So there's going to be a, a structure, and this structure's been in place already, but we've always talked about the worry that people's obsession with these big races means that they then become all consuming and we're going to be left with a few big brands. So UTMB has started up buying races, not just um, not just partnering with races. So Golden Trail, for example, partner and let them run them. UTMB are, are buying them up and they are acting as feeder races into UTMB as the finals. So if you think it's hard to get to UTMB now, it's going to become increasingly harder. But to see... UTMB, UTMB are very happy to put on conditions that you have to do other other of their races in order to get into UTMB, um, or at least you know shortcut into UTMB. They're quite they're quite mercenary with that, and so yeah, if you've got oh, the yeah. cash, you got the cash, you can get into UTMB. Yeah, and and they're, they're going the Ironman route of we're we're making UTMB seem unattainable to most people, so it's so desirable, so you therefore do all these other races that you'd never go to normally. But to see Western states on the list is brutal because to me, we don't want a homogenous ultra um, community and we want to have lots of great races. But this this now says 
that Western States is below UTMB in its credibility, in yeah. its history, in every in every way. It is now a feeder race to UTMB, and I just think that is ridiculous. But on the flip side, yeah, Europe beating US, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you think how hard it is to get into Western States already? I mean, Western States is a minor miracle to get in. Well, maybe, um, maybe how many how many European how many European runners get into Western States? Maybe this is you know we can't get more European runners into it, so we bought we bought the company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's the trouble. We're now seeing they've bought quite a few races around the world, and the intention is that they're going to have several races in each continent with potentially a continental championship. So, um, and those go as feeders into UTMB, and for UTMB is the final. And um, I, I mean, it, it's I think it's a, a well, it's a massive shame for many reasons, but also you you're not you're not really going to be wanting to race all of these all in one year. That's the trouble. Is that? But wait a minute! Doesn't UTMB isn't UTMB doesn't pay out hardly any cash? No, it doesn't. Doesn't support athletes. Doesn't allow women to. So why, to first why, pregnancy. why would why, it just seems bizarre if you're trying to turn this into into something then there's other steps that you you need to do first um yeah well their view is very arrogant we're utmb it's so amazing for your sponsorship opportunities if you do well here that we are gonna instead um give you no money because you're you know you, your involvement with us is that you're allowed to compete in this yes yes indeed but um we, i've got more gossip on this but i'll save that for next time <laughs> i just i just i need to i need to just interject very quickly yeah um, we made a we made a factual error at the top of the show Ooh. it was big break not pot luck pot black big break was the name of the jim davison uh what was pot luck then pot Pop Black was a it was a snooker show, but it was it's a kind of a serious snooker show. And Pot Luck was an Australian talent television series. <laughs> Big Break Ed's was the thing. Nineteen ninety one game show with John Virgo, John Virgo and Jim Davison. That would be it. That would be it. Um, well, it's been a good hour. Ooh, that's a bit long. Um, as, the, as the hours progressed. The light has shone on your face. I mean, you'll only watch this if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. It's shone on your face, and it gives you that kind of... It's always been like a quadrant of your face, though. It's all on your face now, but it's been a quadrant <laughs> of your face. And you have that kind of look of, like, gotcha, you know, like somebody that I used to know, like some kind of... Oh, I like know, it. Yeah. yeah Montean-esque I mean, when... look to your, your face. Once we finally move, I'll get myself <laughs> a room where I can get a nice backdrop. And all of that. But um well, thanks for listening, guys. And reviewers, we have a reviewer. We wanted reviews from afar. We've had one from afar. But it's in a country that we already had lots of reviews. We keep on getting reviews from the UK and and the like, but we want reviews from countries with zero reviews in. So if you're one of these people, um so we firstly thank you to Squid, who uh Squid Girl. From Canada. I don't think we've got many reviews in Canada, actually. So no, maybe. I so. Well, I saw this review as well. This one popped up on um, on our uh, on our report, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did, which means it's uh, incredibly, uh, incredibly good review. So thank you, Squid Girl. I wonder if she's linked to Squid Game or if she's always been a squidder. Oh, I think maybe, or maybe it's just Zeitgeist. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But do better. So we're, we're still looking for our first ever reviews from Denmark in particular. Come on, come and say Sky, we know you're listening. Give us a review. And Switzerland, why not Switzerland? We've had Dominic on. He's one of your boys now. Come on, give us a lovely review. But um, if you've got any suggestions, are you going to read out the review? Um, well, it's just a nice review. I think it's quite interesting. There's a bit in it that's quite interesting. Love these guys, just like running with your best mates from across the pond. Joni and David will keep you laughing on the run as they discuss some serious and lots of not so serious business. This is the interesting bit. The early episodes and the do better episodes are the best. Oh, oh. <laughs> recently you shit. The old ones, classics. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's not wrong, is she? No, it has gone <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but it's gonna be back soon. Now that we're running again, and we're gonna have more content to talk about. But um, do matters. If any guests guess you'd like us to interview, then do message me. Um, at letters at babarunning.com or david at or instagram or spam away um, if you want to join the conversation head over to the facebook group type in bad boy running podcast on facebook answer three questions and jump in there if you want merch make sure that you head to store.badboyrunning.com and if you want one of these bad boys Ooh. make sure you post on social media pictures of you doing do badder-esque stuff and tagging us into that um, and the best ones will be getting a free bad boy running mug. Nice. It's what everyone wants. Um, well, thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you next time. See you later. And give me one more try Cause a love like this Should I never ever die Come back Fuck you buddy